Hi, I'm Liana Laporto-Brown. And I'm Claire Hughes. And we are the founders of the Women in Estate Agency group on Facebook. We have decided to launch a podcast to highlight the challenges that women face in our industry. We hope to help you navigate through some of these challenges that you face in a state agency. We'll be interviewing lots of people and finding out about their stories and see if we can help some people out there. We hope to talk to as many property professionals as possible. So go and grab a cup of tea or maybe something stronger and hope you enjoyed the show. Hi everyone and welcome to another of our podcasts um, for the Women in Estate Agency group and today absolutely delighted to have Verona Frankish um, who's the Chief Exec of Yopa. So welcome Verona, great to see you. You're looking well. Thank you for having me, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I know, if, um, with a podcast it's, it's all about hearing people and listening to people's story and I've been so excited to talk to you Verona because you... Um, when I was, you know, looking for role models within the industry, if only we met through the Women in Estate Agency group, yes. but if only I had somebody like you to look up to, because I, as I said, it's just been, it's been incredible that seeing your journey and now learning more since we got to know each other through the group. I'm delighted to have you on. And I know that your story will inspire many women. And also, and I know I'm, I'm kind of bigging you up, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, I know, it's absolutely genuine. And, you know, there's one thing which I got from your LinkedIn profile, which is when, when, when you had that little break, it's just like when you said you're, you're, you, you know, you're a female leader taking a well-earned break. And mm-hmm. I thought it takes guts to say something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to have you on today. Thank you for agreeing to be on our podcast to widen this conversation to talk about how we can empower women in estate agency women in business and make this journey easier for the the, you know the generations that are to follow so please tell us a little bit about your background story and um, a little bit more about your journey in business all the way up the ranks to CEO of uh, Yopa sure Wow, you make it sound incredibly, way more impressive than I see it, Leanna. It's very impressive, Verona. Don't put put yourself down. (laughs) No, honestly, look, um, I I, I genuinely appreciate that. And, you know, just on the point of of the LinkedIn status, Leanna, I did think long and hard about putting female leader versus leader having a well-earned break because genuinely I don't feel I should have to point out the fact that I'm a female. It should just be leader. Unfortunately, um, I think other females who are looking um, for role models in the industry need to see representation and need to see that it's okay that today we're not where we need to be and there isn't the equality that we would like there to be. So therefore, I think it was important to A, acknowledge that I am a female leader and I'm very proud of that. And secondly, I hadn't had a break in over 30 years in business. Uh, I have three children. I obviously had some time off whenever I was giving birth um, for to all three of them. Not a lot of time, it's fair that's to not, say. That's not a break. Exactly. <laughs> that is the point. It is not a break. But I did have, you know, a little break in, with each of them, but I never had any time off, significant time to take some time spend with my family. And I unapolog- unapologetically took some time off last year, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But I 
I also have to be honest with myself and say that come September and they were going back to school, I was definitely ready to get back, yeah, okay. back, back to work okay. as well. So, yeah. Um, it's interesting, but the coming back to your point about being a female leader, and the, the first pod that we did was with uh, Ben Moore and Becky Bilbo. I don't know if you saw that. They've got a four-year-old daughter. One of the questions we asked them, what would you like for your daughter in the future? And I think it's pretty much along the lines of, we'd like her to think when she's in 20 years time, why did you have to have a group for women in estate yes, agents? Women, exactly. Why did you have to say female leader? It's just exactly. a leader. In the same way that we use manager now, we wouldn't necessarily say manageress, would we? Of a, I don't know. Very uh, true, yeah. So, and an actor rather than actress, lots of them. So it's, um, yeah, it's evolving. So yeah. It is uh, evolving. Because so I know we've all got daughters and so hopefully our daughters won't go through yeah. the same. And it feels there's something that feels really good about being one of the or, or being considered now one of the women who's trying to make a difference for the generations that are coming through and yeah. I, I suppose I hadn't seen it before I, I it wasn't as important to me before and when we get to hear more of your story because Verona obviously we interviewed you in the group yeah. um, but it, it, it wasn't as important. And I, I, I dialed down a lot of the, the let's support each other. And, yeah. and, and I think it's so important and, and, you know, just to be there for each other and to really empower women to be able to reach that equality. But also going back to your point of when you took, um, you said a break, um, I remember distinctly being on maternity leave and one of my male colleagues, no mentioning names, calling up and saying, so how are you enjoying your holiday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right, okay so, um, you're trying to cook the dinner with a baby in an arm in, in one arm and then you've got a spoon in the other and you're putting the washing on and yeah 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 been there done it so so just i guess to, to tell you where it all started so i, I yes. i'm originally in case you haven't worked it out for my accent i'm i'm a <laughs> OG Derrida and uh, at 24 I moved to England um, and my first role in England was at Marks and Spencer I was in incredibly fortunate to secure um, a management training position at Marks and Spencer and I spent almost 10 incredibly happy years there absolutely loved the brand massive advocate for the brand and the experiences that I had there were incredible. I worked in stores and head offices in their internal audit department. I worked internationally in New York for them. I did a number of things and it was incredibly fulfilling. Um, I mean, if I talk about my experience as a female in that industry, um, in, in a lot of ways, similar to a state agency back then, it was very dominated by male, uh, particularly in the higher echelons, as you can imagine, um, and the board was definitely exclusively male. Um, and I remember at that time, one of my personnel managers in one of my um, reviews said to me, you know, you are ambitious, you're, um, you're hardworking, um, and you want to be successful in this business. So you're going to have to work harder to be more successful than the males. Um, that's just the way it is. Um, and whilst I was, whilst I was shocked, um, I, I sort of took it as, okay, that's the way it is, then, then that's what I'm going to do. And I, I suppose I did two things. Um, I did work harder than, than a lot of my male and female colleagues. So I, I was incredibly committed, worked harder and longer. Um, but I know looking back at it now, and I don't think I thought about this 
um, consciously at the time, but certainly looking back at it, I definitely dialed up my male. Um, and I've, I was probably more outwardly ambitious at times than I was maybe comfortable with, but I knew it was necessary to be heard, to be seen, to be respected. Um, and at times I didn't feel good playing that role, but as, as I say, I knew it was essential. So explain, explain to me what you mean by dialing up your male. What traits would you consider to be male traits that you felt you had to, to, to show to your colleagues? So in a, in a room, in a meeting, um, maybe my natural style would be to be, uh, um, I guess, more questioning, more uh, supportive of other members of the group, other quieter members of the group. Whereas in that environment, I had to be heard. And, and if I wasn't being louder or more right. um, dominant than other characters right. in the okay. room, then I wouldn't have been heard. And I wasn't mm -hmm. able to then rise and show what I, my right. own personal value in that environment. Um, and I guess maybe it meant a little bit more of the social side, doing much more socializing with the group than I maybe wanted to at the time. Right. Because if you weren't playing the game, then you you, yeah. you weren't seen as a face that fit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I when I look back at that, I'm not I I I didn't do anything that I'm that I, you know, that ultimately sort of challenged my integrity or my morals, yeah. but I equally didn't at times feel comfortable always yeah. dialing that up yeah um, yeah just and you know what over time Claire I think I've become ability um and I think I've, I've become much more confident about what what I am prepared to to demonstrate and show in in that environment mm -hmm. and I now feel much more happier to bring all of myself to the workplace as well. I think many women in leadership will completely relate to that and it will resonate with them just because you have to show less empathy. And I think that's that's a trait that a woman really brings. And it's funny because it, it takes me back to um, our last podcast. It's the wonderful Stephen Brown. And he said when, you know, his wife passed away, when he had issues, his son had issues. And he didn't, because he worked so hard and because he, he just didn't relay, he didn't know his son he's embarrassed to say he didn't know his son when you know it was his wife who really because he he just thought that uh man up mm -hmm. so so that's exactly like you go to just digging a bit deeper that's exactly the trait which you talk about which is the man up get over it let's yeah. move on and you know there's a very fine line between showing empathy and then just you know going possibly just leave feeding into it too much but it's really it's such an interesting interesting point that you bring up um because I've done it myself I've been one of the boys I've been guilty of trying to be one of the boys because I thought that that's how you had to be to progress yeah and actually our, our proof points are that that is exactly how you needed to be to progress because those who behave that way did progress and I progressed yeah. through the ranks and I've seen several colleagues who were you know probably as talented and as hardworking as me but maybe didn't compromise on how they were then they weren't maybe as successful as I was and unfortunately um you know that that that's that was the way the world worked back then you know what I would say is um the discussion around diversity more wider than just the female male um, diversity but you know wider diversity gender 
color, creed, all that, all, all elements of diversity around the table. That wasn't a discussion back then. And I don't think that's right. a, a criticism of Marks and Spencer per se, because as I say, you know, I learned a huge amount there. I'm massively grateful for that period of my life, but it wasn't a discussion in, in many businesses slash any businesses back then. And I have seen firsthand how the widening of diversity around any table, any room, any discussion, any debate is just so much richer for the inclusion of different perspectives, different people, different, um, you know, people with empathy, people with different experiences. And I, I feel the business world is so much richer as a result of it. And me personally, as a leader, I am so much richer as a result of inviting those individuals and those perspectives into the discussion. Did you know that only eight of the um, chief execs in the FTSE 100, only eight of them are women and none of them are, are, are women of colour? I, di I didn't know was that, I knew yeah. it was marginal. I, I, I started and I looked up this bad. morning, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's not great, and, is it? Honestly, that is sad. That is really mm. sad. Yeah. Um, so I think we have made progress. I mean, because you're talking about your Marks and Spencer's days, what, 20 years ago now, that, that, since you left Marks yeah. and Yeah, so, so I hope that there has been progress, and certainly with them and so I'm sure they have um, realised some for of sure. that. sure, they yeah. will do. Um, yeah, but I, sure. I still think there's a long way to go, though. Not just, you know, just generally. Oh, there, there absolutely is. There absolutely well, like, is. Well, obviously, that's that, that, the fact that there are only eight women chief execs in the FTSE 100, I think that you know, just shows how far there is to go. Yeah, and, and you know, I think um, there is an element of um, nervousness because of the, the track record of males and because yeah. the male-dominant characters have, uh, have proved the points that they have been more mm -hmm. um, successful. But unless you give the opportunity and unless you take what is perceived as a risk, then we will never know, you know? And yeah. I think that, that's, that's, that's the point. We have got to open up our mindset to think that we need different skills to lead businesses in the future because you know, we only have to look over the last couple of years and the skills that were required to lead businesses now has changed significantly yeah. than they were pre-COVID. And the uh, the empathy that, um, and I'm not saying by the way that males can't be empathetic because I have loads of examples of leaders that are incredibly empathetic male leaders, mm -hmm. but um, I think women definitely bring a different um, diversity and a different angle of empathy to the table. And that is now a much, much more um, required skill in leadership mm -hmm. and prioritizing mental health, prioritizing yeah. the need for diversity. And also it's not just about leading with empathy, it's about getting better results and yeah. better uh, experiences for your customers, better experiences for your employees, because all of those things have shown there's so much data to tell us that they do deliver better outcomes in the end yeah. and more successful businesses. So this is yeah. not just about doing the nice thing to, you know. Ticking the box, so the box. to speak. Yeah. Exactly yeah. But doesn't that bring us back to women not progressing as like men because they have to go and have a family that you know yes. <laughs> it, 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 it takes us back to the workplace facilitating and um, helping and supporting a yeah. woman through that process rather than making it 
such a difficult time in a woman's life to have both a career and be a parent. Yes. Um, it's, you know, uh, anyone that has, has been through it, I mean, as, as you know, the younger women will want to listen to this and say and, and learn from it and say, OK, when I'm ready to have family, what's the how, how do I do it? What's the yes. easiest way? Is there a way of having both? And, you know, we spoke to Rianne the other day and she she was, you know, she's 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 scared to even think about having a family or starting a family because she feels that I won't be able to retain my career. So what do we do? What, how, how, how do we make that journey easier? So uh, uh, first of all, it makes me really sad that someone would, um, you know, having a family is one of the most wonderful things. And it's the thing that I'm most proud of in my life. And, you know, I've been incredibly fortunate that I've had three children um, and a successful career and I recognize that that is not easy and I've um, that hasn't always been easy it's been you know there's been many many challenges many challenges along the way I'm incredibly fortunate that I have a, a very supportive husband who has his own successful career in his own right but he doesn't see that the you know, the, the, the raising of the children and the running of the house is my job. Um, in fact, it's probably more skewed towards him, if I'm totally honest. But um, I'm just very, very, very fortunate. Um, I think businesses, uh, organizations have a huge responsibility. And, and I'm looking at now, because clearly I lead an organization with a significant volume of females, both in an employed capacity, but also in a self-employed capacity. And it's important to me that we create the environment where uh, our, our people are supported. And I don't just mean the mums either. I mean the dads. You know, yeah. we had an example last week that I was I was meeting up with um, a group of our business owners and I'd invited the divisional director in the north for um, for for dinner um, because I wanted to um, I've been out around the field and, and meeting lots of different parts of our business. And uh, he messaged me, said, I'm, I'm really, really sorry, but um, Thursday night is my night with my daughter and it's really special time. And I'm really sorry, I won't be able to join you. I said, don't give it a second thought. That is your number yeah. one priority. And absolutely, I, we can meet any other time. Daddy daughter time is incredibly special. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want our people to believe that they have to prioritize work over family. Family comes first. That is it. End of story. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely believe that that is the right priority order, but I also believe that when you give your people the space and the reassurance and the security that that's how we see things, that yeah. you get that back tenfold in the long term because people this want to work for organizations like that. It's no. so short-sighted of exactly. employers to think, you know, we, right, we need people in the office nine to five or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, if they're, yeah. if, if they're late or they can't make after hours meetings or they can't make social events, what, what, all of those things, yeah. then they're not a team player or... You say that, Claire, but it's still a massive stigma in the workplace. Yeah. It's a stigma, you know. And, and well, having children, being or, there, or, male, it, male or female. Sick, I think if, you know if you've got a child yeah. that's ill, and you know that's that's always been a, a juggling act. And you know, I, I've got a. a the property I hate to talk about my business but anyhow the property that's coming on soon and both um, um, husband and wife both work and the, but she earns more money so when he was told um, no you can't you can't go and pick up your daughter from school can't your wife do it he said well she earns more than me so if anybody's going to lose the job it's going to I want it to be me you know but and when you start looking at it like that and you know 
it's but why would they assume that the wife should pick up the the baby that they do yeah and, and there's, there's so many examples of that as an RSC, so yeah. many examples of where yeah, but you're right but in. you get it back tenfold you really do if, if you can offer that yeah, flexibility but actually if i'm being honest it's actually not really about that for me no, it's just you the know, right I, thing to do it is the right thing to yeah. do and you know i i want to work with individuals who share my values and yeah. share the priorities in the world and i want us to acknowledge that yeah what we do it's important don't get me wrong but a bad day in the office for us is if we don't you know instruct enough properties or we don't complete on that deal it's it's not life or death you know no. and we're never going to sit on our deathbed and say that you, we didn't meet our targets or whatever you know we didn't spend it we didn't prioritize our family when it mattered and and yeah. it's not sometimes it's always a juggling match right but when it matters you always have to be there for your family yeah. or whatever so we've gone off track a little bit. So you, you, Marks and Spencer's for 10 years and then you went to... Um, so I moved into financial services right. then. So With m yeah, so, yeah, well, I went, we set up a financial services business initially, um, a small mortgage brokerage, which then uh, was um, acquired by Mortgage Talk, which then merged eventually with MAB. So um, I spent probably hmm, six, 15, 16 years in financial services business, working very closely with estate agencies yeah. and new build businesses. So I had um, my induction to estate agency was via financial services, uh, so to speak. And then I worked um, very closely in the uh, hybrid sector. Um, I worked with on mortgages, really. So I worked with Purple Bricks, with eMove, with Express Estate Agency, with Easy Property, etc. So I sort of became a bit of an SME in the the hybrid estate agency space mm -hmm. with financial services. So and um, and I learned a lot about estate agency during that period. And then um, after a while, I uh, after seven years with MAB, after we floated and and gone through an incredible incredible period of growth. Um, and by the way, just on that point, actually, um, Peter Brodnicki, the CEO of MEB, um, he was he's one of uh, the one of my personal mentors and um, and personal friends. But he inspired me in terms of his value of women in the workplace. His leadership team was skewed towards female rather than male. And in financial services is a very male dominated environment yeah, also. But he definitely understood and valued um what females brought to the table grateful for him we i have been incredibly lucky in the last 20 years to work with leaders who who did who saw mm -hmm. the benefit of females and you know mortgage talk peter birch the chairman of peter birch was was exactly the same so you know in in the latter years of my career i haven't personally experienced a lot of the the negativity towards mm -hmm. females and but Partly, I, I chose those environments because that's where I realized that I was going to be able to bring most value and I, and I wanted to be part of environments that did see that. Um, then I went to Purple Bricks um, and I spent two and a half years there. Again, you know, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't criticize. Yes, it's a male dominated environment. There's no taking away from that. And particularly in the early days of Purple Bricks, it was very much, you know, oh, legend, legend, very, you know, kind of boys <laughs> club type. Um, and there was definitely an element of that in the latter years, particularly under Brick's leadership. And I have to give him credit for that. He's definitely much more inclusive, didn't want that kind of culture and was uh, very supportive and uh, very um, enabling of women in that environment. He, and, and he definitely wanted to have a more level playing field in terms of diversity. So 
you know, as I say, I've, I've, I've had a lot of experience of leaders who um, bring a different perspective and a lot of parts of my career, I haven't necessarily um, been disadvantaged in any way. And also I've, I've been able to be me. I've been able to be a mom and I've also been able to um, be a successful leader without having to dial up the male that I referred to earlier. So uh, do you feel that you're now more true to yourself than you were perhaps in the early days? Without a question. Right. <laughs> no question at all, Claire. Um, I, and I, you know, that's a combination of factors. If I'm, if I'm being honest, it's not just about, you know, the, the environment or the, the leaders. Uh, part of it is age. I'll be totally honest. Yeah. Yeah. Part of yeah. it is when I get to my, when I got to my forties, um, I, I was much more a self-aware and be comfortable with who I am. Yeah. And therefore you, when that gives you the confidence to show up as yourself and, mm. and be authentic, um, it's really difficult to be somebody that you're not for any length of time. And I do me really well. I don't do anybody <laughs> else really well. So, so why try to be something I'm not? And you know, I, I'm, I'm also really cool with the fact that I'm, that's not for everybody. I'm not for everybody. And that's cool. But, um, I'm but really that's the same with, with anybody, myself. isn't it? I mean, yeah. you get on with some people and not with others. And that's absolutely nobody takes the world. It, yeah. you, you don't appreciate that. Or you don't learn that life lesson until yeah. later on. And you're absolutely yeah. right. My eldest daughter came back and someone told her something and she was really upset and I'm like all you need to think of is when you're 40 you're not going to care what anybody else thinks of you well, no, but 40 when you're I don't know how old is she age so that sounds like just ancient I so, know. Bruna, but it's true it comes with age my point is the le- the le- you know yeah. the life lesson is you have to le- and, and until I mean when you face criticism um it's tough and I've known many women that a lot of women that we meet that, that we've interviewed in the women in estate agency group have faced criticism and yeah. it either makes you or breaks you. But you're saying that, you know, you're, you, you, it, you don't it's kind of water off the duck's back, but not everybody's the same, are they? Absolutely. And, you know, I am a I'm a, a very strong person. I, you know, I, I, I come from in, in Derry. We're quite we are, in Northern Ireland, particularly. I grew up in the 70s and the Troubles. And, you know, we're, we're very resilient. And that that's sort of been in, in me from I was very young. But I guess also um, with validation over over the time that you're in your career and you do progress and you do you get that validation that being you is actually good. You know, you're rewarded yeah. for being you, you're recognized for being you and you're chosen for being you. Then that validation is really important. And not everybody's in that environment where they get that level of validation. Yeah. So, you know, you will all be aware that when I exited Purple Bricks, there was there was trolling online about uh, about me. You know, a lot of misogynistic comments, a lot of awful. You know, quite nasty comments. And I'll be totally honest with you. It's not. It's not nice. It's not kind. And it's quite. Um, it, it, it's quite underhand, particularly as they're writing under a pseudonym. So you know that, that that's know. never cool. I but hate that anonymity. I, I just exactly. It, it, it free gives them the the, the freedom to to write it's what not, they're writing which I don't I mean would they say that too if they met you in the pub no they wouldn't then they shouldn't they be wouldn't. saying it no. and you know what we could actually meet them in the pub and we wouldn't know who they are because they're not no. being, you know they're not being truthful but I I know my truth 
I know who I am. Yeah. And I know that there was nothing that anybody said on there that could hurt me because it was not true. They were making judgments of, on somebody that they do not know. So, yeah. you know, it, it's some, you have to get your kicks somewhere, right? And if that's how they get their kicks, that's fine. It's not a great way to do it. But I also acknowledge that not everybody has that strength of character, particularly yeah. younger women in the industry who don't have the validation over years that, you know, that they yeah. have been able to progress and that they... Um, and they don't have the the resilience maybe that I, that I do. Um, so it's not it's not a cool way to behave. And actually, it's a very small minority in the industry because what I would say is, you know, particularly um, whenever I was appointed to this role, I had an unbelievable amount of messages and support from across the industry, ranging from young women in industry who are starting out in their careers, who see me as representation at a, at a senior level that they, someone they can aspire to follow. And that is so humbling, beyond humbling. But I've also had incredible support from many, many men across the industry, you know, celebrating the fact that a female CEO in a state agency is still a rarity, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm massively grateful for that level of support. And if 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 what I'm doing is helping just, you know, one negotiator in a branch see that she can be successful in her career by being herself, by bringing the best version of her to work, by working hard, of course, we all have to do that. But by just being true to yourself, then, you know, then I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And, you know, the final thing I'll say on this, I say this to my team all the time. This is not the me show. This is not the Verona show. We are a team and I will never be successful in this role or any other on my own. It, we have to work together as a team. Um, but uh, one of the team did say to me, Verona, you have to realize that this is a big thing. It's a big thing that we have a CEO as a female and we have a, it's a big thing that you. So you, you have a platform and therefore you have to use that platform wisely. So it's a very, it's very true. And I never want to shine the light on me as an individual. And that's never been about that. But I do recognize that whenever you are in this position, you do have to use your voice for good. So that's why I'm having these conversations because I Absolutely. feel like I have a responsibility to do that. Yeah. I, you know, and we thank you for that because you're absolutely right. Um, so obviously, the familiar with it because obviously come from Purple Bricks, but um, you've got some self-employed and you've got um, you've got employees as well. Are you finding that men and women both want to work flexibly and and you you can enable them to do that? Massively. I mean, yeah. in, in our in our so our, our model is um, quite similar to the original Purple Bricks yeah, model. Yeah, where, yeah. Um, obviously, they're they're employed now. Yeah. So we have a, a an employed uh, team in central operations, about 160 people, um, a real mix, really, to be honest, of, um, of of male and female. And also in in my senior leadership team, I have a great diverse senior leadership team. I'm so proud. You know, I have a Russian female uh, financial controller. I have an Albanian Italian. Um, insights director I've got I've got a, a female legal counsel I've got a really great diverse leadership team which I'm super proud of and by the way I inherited that so that that right, okay so you didn't right? right. so <laughs> it's important to say that that was before yeah. my time um in our uh in our business owners in our uh, in the field we have a real mixture and as I said I've been out getting to know them a lot over the last um the last few weeks and yes, absolutely. You know, they're choosing a self-employed model because they want flexibility. Yeah. And listen, we have to remember now, right? 
that, that this uh, a sad fact of where we are in our world is that not every family is a 2.2 um kids okay. with with a with a mom and dad together yeah there's lots of of uh singles there's lots of um single dads who yeah. have their kids in certain days of the week this model gives them the flexibility they can do that same with single moms mm -hmm. you know we've got lots of uh complex modern families in mm -hmm. our setup and therefore this model allows them to have their own business to be entrepreneurial to do the job that they love but also have an element of flexibility and that works for both parties yeah that's a really good point um just to backtrack a little verona because i know a lot of people are going through some negativity on social media and i think yes. it's a really important i mean i i didn't even read what's the comments so it's you know some people completely miss it but in when you're in that world and someone is trolling you and it's yeah. really it's it's a dark place and I've spoken to a few people that have been through similar experiences and it yeah. can um really mentally affect you to the yes. point of of taking you to, to to very dark places and I know this because as I said I've had these conversations with people that this has happened to before what was the main thing that uh, helped you deal with this situation was it the support as you said before what was there something that you could kind of you know rely on what was it so I think it's a number of factors Liana um, the first thing is I knew what they were saying not to be true so yeah. I knew in my heart of hearts yeah. that it would that wasn't me they were talking about something that somebody that they'd made up in their mind so that was the first thing the second thing uh, was the volume of support that I had from people um uh, uh, you know whether that be messages publicly or privately um, and also some people went on the record, put their head above the parapet. So I mentioned Jason Bull from Easy Property, and I'll also mention Lucy Noonan. Um, they both put their head above the parapet. They stood up and said, this is not acceptable, not just on behalf of me, but on, on behalf of the, 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 the trend of publishing very untruths in, in, under an, an anonymous pseudonym. Um, so I think a, co a combination of all of those things. Um, and then I think ultimately, the advice that I would give to someone in that that circumstance is if you if you're not comfortable dealing with what people are saying, just don't read them, just don't engage with them, just turn off, don't read the publications, don't engage with them. Um, and secondly, but that's really difficult. I've, I've, I've been imagine. told that yeah. it's quite yeah. difficult not to. It's it's quite addictive. Um, to, to as as bad as it is for you, it's quite addictive to go and read that. And the reason I'm I'm saying this is because hopefully, if anybody is going, if anybody listening to this podcast is going through this, they can reach out and and really learn from your advice. But um, and stop that was doing the second it. Second thing I was going to say, yeah. I have no problem whatsoever if anybody's going through that difficulty have a conversation with me. I, I honestly, I mean that. Verona.frankish at yopa.co.uk please email me. I'm more than happy to spend some time talking to someone. I, I'm a coach as well as, uh, as doing what I do. I, I coach a, a small group of, of, um, of individuals who um, on a regular basis, and I have a coach myself, because by the way, I don't have it all right either. Just yeah. so you know, I don't always have all the answers. So you know, I'm more than happy to, to, to have a conversation with someone who's struggling with, with that. Thank you. That's brilliant. And that talking about good. being a coach and having a coach, um, I, I don't have a coach yet so it's it's really interesting because um it it's become something that as especially in the self-employed world i suppose and it, yes. it's just really it can be a lonely place so it's it's really good to talk and having um having a, a somebody that you can reach out to and just 
basically do a brain dump on <laughs> and that you know just get a, a different perspective on things is is really important so when did you start becoming a coach well, I mean, I've coached people all my life as part of my job. I had never really called it that before. But of course, you do that whenever you're in a management or leadership capacity anyway. Um, but I did, I did my official coaching qualifications last year uh, because I wanted to kind of formalize that. And I wanted to just see what techniques I, you know, I could improve on. And, and, and I've, because I've tapped into a coach myself for a number of years, listen, I don't speak to him every week, but I... And I, but I re reach out whenever I've got some, maybe some gnarly problems or I just want to chat through some stuff. What I would say about coaching is a coach is very different from a mentor, first of all. A mentor is someone who will guide you and who's a subject matter expert and maybe give you some things to think about and maybe kind of guide you and um, depart some of their information on you. Whereas a coach is more about teasing the answers out of you. When I'm coaching people, 99% of the time, the answers are already in, in and, there. Yeah. You're just asking the right questions, teasing it out of them and helping them to see for themselves yeah. actually what they probably already know, but maybe don't have the confidence to acknowledge. And it's just about giving them the confidence to do things. Um, and it's honestly, it's the most fulfilling thing. I absolutely love doing it. I don't get enough time anymore to do as much as I have. No, you're probably quite busy, Verona. <laughs> just a little yeah <laughs> and you're also a mentor at uh yeah, at agents yes. together yes, agents yes. Together. Um, and it's completely free um completely so free. yeah completely free and i i absolutely love that um do you know what what is so fulfilling is when you're talking to someone and they're you see the light coming in their eyes you see the, the them uh, processing the conversation that they're having and and they're coming back with the answers themselves there is nothing more fulfilling and then you you go away and I always give mine a bit of homework you know something <laughs> to do so that whenever they come back the next time they can then you know share with me and when you see them progressing and when you see them evolving as individuals and as leaders um and just as people it is oh it's the most fulfilling thing in the world I love it Oh, well, the final, absolutely final question, because we've taken a lot of your time, but this has been such an incredible conversation. Um, moving forward, the future for women in our mm -hmm. industry, how do you see that? What changes would you like to see for us? Do you know, I think there is a huge amount that the industry needs to do, and there's a huge amount that other people needs to do, need to do, but... I feel the change starts here. It starts with us. It starts with us as individuals. And I think that means every one of us taking the time to think about what I can do myself. What can I do differently? First of all, inside of me. So don't dial up the mail, you know, show up as yourself, bring all of you to the, to your um, working environment, challenge other people, but also look at yourself and it, and think, well, am I truly being me? Am I truly being confident in myself? And I am I, am I being authentic? So that has to start with me and then encourage others. Because one of the things I would say is I've had, if I'm being totally honest, I probably had more criticism in my career from other women than I have from, from male. And let's, let's help each other rise. Let's help each other be the best versions of ourselves and mm. let's encourage and coach each other to show up as ourselves and challenge each other when we don't because I think we have an accountability not to just to play the, the nice cop but also sometimes just say I you know 
I, I don't think you're being true to yourself right now. Is that really you? Because if we're being ourselves, then we're challenging the norm and we're challenging other people to accept us who we are. And we know that that always gets a better result in the end. Yeah. So why are we trying to be something different? So I think we all have an individual responsibility in ourselves. And those of us who are fortunate enough to lead teams and to be in environments where we can challenge our environments and we can set standards then we absolutely should step up and do that and i'm i'm making a commitment in my environment to to do that um you know and you ladies have equal platforms to do such a thing so you know i encourage you to do the same yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah couldn't agree more Verna. it's been fantastic to uh, to have a chat with you thank you Likewise, so much for joining is. us today yeah Thank you so much for joining us and Verona's details will be um, in the post. We have someone, we have the amazing Cassie doing this for yeah. us now, who is We don't brilliant. know what we're doing with this. We awesome. just record, we have these lovely conversations with some amazing people and then we hand it all over to Cassie and she- Play to your strengths, play to your strengths. Indeed, absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely what you should do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So CJ okay, Marketing, you <laughs> thank you so much, Verona. Bye. 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 Bye.